And here we are. It's a podcast for professionals, believers, and genuine people looking for genuine conversation. My name is Kia Harris-Tagnan, and I'm your host. I'll be sharing information about nonprofits, faith, business, entrepreneurship, life, and much more. I'm so excited for you to be joining me. So welcome to another episode. I have a guest again today. Her name is Brittany Durfee, and she is an amazing woman of God. And I am just excited about talking about faith and continuing to talk about faith. So Brittany, tell us about yourself. Hi. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on. I am obliged at this like opportunity. I'm excited for the conversation to come. My name is Brittany Durfee. Um, I I do many things, but um, my most important assignment is I am the host and a servant of the Big Bold Faith podcast, and it's a podcast dedicated to just being real honest about what it is to have faith. Um, I think that as believers and us modern day believers, we struggle with just being content and being confident in who God says that we are, Um, and I struggled a lot when I was growing up of like, you know, boldly claiming God as my God. Like it was always kind of like, Oh, I kind of believe in God, like behind doors, but never being confident enough to be like, this is my God. This is my walk. This is who I am. So yeah, I'm a servant. I am a host. I do a lot of other fun things in the back of managing and doing all those fun things, but that's my first and important um, assignment. So yeah, definitely give us a listen. We come out bi-weekly on Wednesdays and just there to, to be the vessel and the voice of what God has called me to do. Nice. And I discovered Brittany through this podcasting connection thing, but now I'm a subscriber to her podcast because there's just so much information that with the guest and the topics, I'm just, I love the podcast. So I absolutely recommend that you connect with the podcast, connect with Brittany, because there's things that you can learn from that and, and grab from that podcast. So I'm excited to talk about today's topic, which is how do you believe in an invisible God? And whether you are faith-based or otherwise, I believe you'll be able to grab something from this episode. And we invite you also to share it with individuals who you believe it would bless because um, we just feel that the conversation is going to move in the way that it should move. So If we talk about faith, we probably can define it. Maybe we've seen in the dictionary, we see in the Bible, but what if we examine the first faith, you would say maybe about Adam and Eve and what that looks like? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. um, I think that that's such a, it's such a great question because I don't, a lot of us, or not a lot of us, but just believer or non-believer, there's always a part in your walk where you're like, do I really believe in God? And it's such a, it's such a, you know, like we, we get so easy and just like, think like, okay, there is a God, but like, we don't see God all the time. And then you talk about the first faith and this ideal of like Adam and Eve were like the first people to kind of experience what it was to have faith. Like, just imagine, like, take yourself out of knowing everything that you know, what you grew up beginning, you know, believing your friends, like, just think that there was no religion, there was no nothing. And you had to believe in something 
that didn't exist. And I think that we just take that like thought, just we breeze past that scripture, breeze past that concept of believing in something that, you know, may or may not exist. Like we have air around us. Like we can't see it, but we believe that there's air, that there's like oxygen in the air. And so um, it's hard because I grew up in the church and I started thinking about this, like, well, why do I believe in an invisible God? Like, I mean, there's pictures of God or what Jesus was portrayed and that's a whole thing, but we won't, (laughs) we won't go into that. But if you really take yourself out of it, of like, how do you believe in something that you don't? And so I thought I was like, you have to have experience or history with it, essentially. Like, I think I only believe because of the community that was around me or the people that were around me. And like, I'm going to just be transparent and hot for a minute and say, like, I felt like you just start kind of getting uh, surrounded in that. And as long as you're like in that community and space, you start developing a belief and an experience and not to say that it's real or not, but essentially you have to have your own relationship with God. We know that, but I just feel like it, it was the people that were around me. Um, But even now I question like, do you still believe in God? Because I'm in a different part of my relationship where it's like, okay, you believed on like a little baby level of faith, but now it's big faith. So it's like, or big bull faith essentially. Right. Like, and it's like, what is your level with your relationship with that invisible God looks like, like you can't just ask for Skittles anymore. Now you have to like go into a a deeper relationship with them. And that takes even more greatness because it's like, oh, I can, you know, see Skittles but you want me to believe in a house and a husband and that's for an invisible God. Like there's, you know, no idols, no imagery, no nothing. And you're just out here believing and hoping that, you know, he is who he says he is. And I, I can see why a lot of people don't believe in God or they struggle with God or they turn from God because they're missing out on, you know, being in that day to day. And I think that that's crucial, but I would be, I would, you know, be curious to hear your thoughts of understanding this our invisible God, as some people would call him. Yeah. I think you brought up a lot of good points as far as your experiences, creating the level of faith that you have. And it made me think of is faith learn something that you learn and, Oh, you watch your, your parents and their conversation and they say, well, faith is this and they give their definition so you in a sense mimic what it is or you try to aspire to have faith like that person but then I would say that faith can be based on your experience as you said and how you define it because there are definitely certain levels to faith and so if your understanding is based on the experience of others or how they experience it, then could it be limited in the sense that you just go off of what others are experiencing and not really experience to the length that God would like you to experience? And then talking about questioning, questioning your belief and and do I still believe in God? Uh, One of my testimonies I've, I've shared is about how God healed my leg when I was younger. And I remember it felt like memories. It just felt like, oh, this is a past dream or something. It didn't necessarily feel like a memory. 
until I started to grow up. And then my mom would have conversations about it. And it wasn't just something that was a dream or something I had in the past. And so I definitely agree that your relationship builds up your faith and that if you don't have a relationship with God, then there can be that separation from him. And he, he may not be known to you anymore because you hadn't continued to pursue him and figure out more of who he is. We can't imagine everything about God or know everything about God. But if we have a relationship with him, I believe he gives us different levels of insight so that we can have a greater understanding of our purpose, our calling, and what he has for every single one of us. So I think we can stay there as far as believing in an invisible God. You said that there's these imagery they have for idols and things like that. For God, it's like, oh, it's some being in the sky and, oh, we look up to pray and close your eyes, that kind of religious aspect of it. But how how do we continue in our faith? And maybe you can share why you believe in God. Yeah. You brought out so many great things. I love the the spot where you asked, like, uh, is faith part of your values? And like, that's something I want to like get into in a minute. Cause I'm like, I feel like, uh, I'm always posed with this question. Like, what is your values? And I'm like, I don't know my values. I know my parents' values. I know my mom and I've kind of subscribed to those. And it's really hard to break away from that and be like, this is who I believe. And this is why I believe that thing. But, um, just based off your question of like, why do I still believe? I mean, oh, it's, that's a, oh, wow. That's like me going into like the thought, that's like a really challenging question that I wasn't expecting you to ask me. Um, (laughs) Why do I still believe? You know what also that came to my mind and you were talking about imagery. I was, I'm glad God doesn't have a single image, right? Because then we would put him in a box. So if Mm -hmm. he looked like a candle, I'm just going to use that for, um, you know, just to be, Switzerland. Uh, if he looked like a candle, then we would only imagine him to be like, you know, to burn a certain amount of hours or to look a certain amount of ways. And it's like, God doesn't have a face because he's got so many faces, so many ways to show his love and experience and to count encounter him. And when we put him in a box, we put an image around him um, and it limits our beliefs in him. And so when I think of like, how do I keep believing in God, I keep believing in God because he keeps showing up in a new, new form and a new fashion. Right. I never get tired of him because I'm like, Oh, this is God this year. And then next year he shows up or even on a daily day basis. Like I have so many encounters with God and this year alone, I've just been like talking to God in so many different ways of where I've been like, (laughs) I think I shared this on my, of, you know, upcoming podcast that's coming out soon of like, I lifted my hand and I just was like, God, I need you. I need you to hold on to my hand in this instance. And just been talking to myself with the mask on and everything else of just like walking and just, I'm hearing God in a different way that I've never heard from him before. And I've grew up in the church. Um, I would say my relationship, that real relationship, like intimate committed relationship has been like in the last 10 years. But God just shows up in different ways. And I'd be like, me again, you chose me to do that. Like who? <laughs> like, um, and to see other people out of left field and getting the chance to meet you. Like, that's how I see it. Cause I'm like, why, why would I meet you? Like out of all people, you, you and God and us 
doing something together. And I'm like, that's God. Like, why would this ever happen to anyone else? And so these many minute experiences, these daily seeds that I'm seeing, like start to harvest is just a, it's just such a blessing. Um, I don't always have the answers. I don't always choose, but it just makes it easy after a while. And so like encouraging the person that's like, Hey, I don't always believe in God. That's fine. I think God is okay with you being honest in a season of saying, God, I I don't see you. I don't believe in you. I don't like, you're not showing up. I'm not seeing your face. I'm confused. God would rather that than you pretend um, to be someone you're not, or pretend to be religious, all the fun things when it comes to, you know, all (laughs) modern day, uh, what is it? American society, whatever, whatever we're doing today. (laughs) I think, uh, Everyone has access to the Bible, yet there's so much confusion about what's in the Bible, its content, and then also confusion about, that could be a whole other episode, but confusion about who God is and, okay, he's this way and, oh, I, I know God and so they want to go based off of that. So there's a lot to unpack with that, but to say that, like you said, we can't put God in a box. We have to be expectant, but also I would say be on our assignment so we can receive what he has to give to us in those moments in order to minister to others. So I, I strongly believe that as well, because even this past week in the conference that I had, like I said, the women who wanted to receive received and those who were spectators and that's fine were there too. But I didn't want to put God in a box in the conference. This was his space to move. And I know some of the women may have experienced some things that they've never experienced before. As far as even even if they're watching what was occurring with the women that were there, how God moved through the prophetic dancers and gave prophetic words and how the women were impacted. And he literally highlighted the women that were there through the dance. So if we open up our hearts to believe and understand that God is is not someone you can put in a box, he's not limited. So let's make sure that we're open to all he has for us to offer. We shouldn't be living, leaving this earth and not experiencing all that God has for us. And I just feel that there's just so much that we have to do together to, to uplift the kingdom of God. And then also being honest with God is important too. You express that as well, because no one's life is perfect. When you become a Christian, your life isn't going to be perfect. You're not going to get everything. God is not a genie. So you're not going to get everything that you're believing for at that time. It may be at a later time, but having those honest conversations and realizing that talking to God through prayer, is not something that has to be completely, oh, this is how you pray. I know in the Bible, it's Jesus shares with his disciples how to pray, but if we make it more intimate, like using father and some individuals use daddy, like this is my relationship with my father. So I should be talking to him in that sense. And it can be a simple conversation. Like, I don't even know what's going on in my life right now. I feel like I'm all over the place. How can we work through this together? And just 
being open to him sharing, well, this is how you can go about it. And um, just being open to hear, because if we partner with God on a lot of things we were, we do, we wouldn't have to worry about all the stresses and things that come up because we're out of alignment with what he wants for us. Instead, we're opening up our hearts to, to things. So right now I'm in a season of walking blindly. And I say that because I'm letting God do what he's going to do. Although the little bit of control in me is still like functioning, but <laughs> it's, it's a season of walking blindly and letting God take control. Last year, I did a lot of trying to put myself in, in positions or trying to go about business in certain ways and realizing, well, let me not do this and see what happens. Let me not try to think that I need to do this and, oh, I take this class and do all these things when I should just partner with God and see what he wants for me in this moment. So that's been the season that I'm in and still growing through it. We're all going to still grow through our, our seasons and situations. But if we're open to what God can share with us and how he can grow us in those moments, I think we can just be such amazing people that God can use. Do you have anything yeah. to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you said, I'll, I, I love everything that you said. I, I also think that you have to hold space for God. I think that that's the most important thing, at least for me of like keeping me focused and guided and it's never easy. Um, I have an early morning devotion time that I stick to and have stuck to. And so when people hear it, they're like, Oh my goodness, does it? Yes. It takes all of that because as I tell people, I never know what my day is going to entail. And so why would it look like me, foolish human to get up and be like, I don't need God today, or I will get to him later. And I'm like, it doesn't happen like that. It's like working out for me, working out in the morning is is awesome. If it's after like 10 or 12 or, you know, PM or noon, I'm not getting to it. It becomes second or third and it doesn't become a priority. And so the only reason I'm able to walk in light, the only way I'm able to walk in obedience and to trust this invisible God is because I set aside time to get a chance mm -hmm. to know him, get a chance to learn and read. And like you had said with praying, I've just gotten into this, uh, where my prayers aren't always long, but they're more sincere. Like they come from a broken heart. And I think David mentions it in the, the book of Psalms or of saying like, you know, I would rather come to you with a broken uh, heart than a sacrifice. And so God is just looking for that of just basic prayers. I told a friend last night, I was, she was talking about, you know, meeting someone. And I was like, just go to the father and be like, God, I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing. I think that you're asking me to do this. Can you show me if this guy is legit or not. And just keep it pushing. Like, don't be so deep about it. Like God would rather your like little small prayers that are sincere versus like, dear heavenly father, God of almighty. And like, those are really <laughs> great too. But like, if you're going to be more consistent with God, I really need your help right now. Like, I don't know. And, and I did this for, um, I work for myself and I do a lot of business as, as you know. And so I was out of town and I was like, God, I can't do this this needs to happen. And you are the ultimate deliverer, AKA you're more than UPS and FedEx. I need this to get to this location by then. And I surrendered it and I kept it pushing. And you know what happened? Everything got there a day earlier than it was supposed to. And I was just like, 
okay, God, this is how I'm doing 2022. I cannot do this anymore. I do not want any more gray, gray hairs. <laughs> and I just want to just walk with you um, and, and hold space for you because I don't think we hold enough space. We hold just a little bit. Um, and God, God can do a God, God can do a lot with a little, but he shouldn't have to, right? He, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that is really good. Holding space. Cause I, I remember I'm very type A. So I'd be like, okay, schedule here. It is. There's my planner. And so I would say prayer in the mornings. And then I was like, well, you need to make this a habit to the point you don't have to write it down, wake up, and spend those first few minutes pursuing him. And then you have your rest of the day, or mm-hmm. you can also implement him in the rest of your day. And that's fine too. So I think that's really important, holding a space for God. And then what was the other point that you said, as far as I think it was, I'm not sure, but essentially holding the space for God and making sure that you're putting time for him, that he shouldn't have to say, Hey, so I haven't seen you in a while. It should be like, I'm glad I got to spend time with you in the morning or glad to spend time with you in the evenings. And it doesn't, I want to tell people it's never easy. Like, right, right. It's going to take some discipline. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to sit and look at your Bible and you're going to be like, I don't know what I'm reading. Like I'm still seasoned. And I, like, I think I'm in the book of Exodus right now. And I'm like, okay, God, like, what do you have to tell me about Moses this time around? Like, um, and it's like going through stuff. I'll go through studies. Sometimes I'll go through devotions. I'll go through different seasons that make sense. Um, I was, uh, reading the book, experiencing God for a minute and reading that, um, in addition to Bible, just looking it up, but I wasn't it's whatever God tells you in that season, in that moment. Um, and you just, you keep going and being consistent. That's my word for this year is to be consistent and it will eventually evolve. It doesn't become easier. It doesn't always make sense. But then when you see the fruit, you're like, Oh, like that's what happens when I just show up. Like what happens if I'm super intentional? Um, and I'm really walking this whole thing out. Cause I'm like, if you believe, then why do you like, if you believe, then believe if you don't believe and you're not going to like spend time with God, and this is going to be a little offensive to people, then why follow God? Like, just, just don't just go be a non-believer and that, you know, I don't want to be mean or anything about it, but that's how I look at it. I'm like, if you're going to follow it, then show up, show up and show out. Um, but if you're not, then you can't really complain. Like you're like the non-believers. Yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> it's the truth though, because the a walk with God is not just Sunday's Bible study, this normal manner of things. It's also what you do Monday through Saturday mm-hmm. and it's your personal pursuit and not completely leaning on the leader to introduce you to God and introduce scripture to you. You should also be able to dive deep into the Bible too. And have the resources you need to understand. Because yes, I open the Bible too sometimes. And it's like this list of names. Or I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But then I I get a resource, like a concordance. And I'm looking through there. Or I will get another version of the Bible and see if it's a little bit clearer in the next version that I read. But what I was going to say, the second point that you're talking about was surrender. Surrendering is, is really important. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to surrender because we want to have the control 
and we want to have the things, but I think the process of surrendering is necessary for every single one person who is a believer. And it's, it's a process of course, but it's, I think if we're receptive to it, there's so much God can do in those spaces, but most importantly, he can do a lot for others too, because often when my experience, when it comes to surrendering, it involves another group of people or another person in the moment or in the future, as far as something he wants me to do. So for example, when I went to Haiti for the second time to start the work of my organization, I mean, in a lot of ways, that was a divine trip that I went on. But I remember I was in my hotel room and I was up for whatever reason. And my phone just started playing I Surrender by Hillsong by itself. And it played this song in completion and it completely stopped. And that was the end of it. It's not like it went on to another song. It was, that was it. And that was God, I would say, probably reminding me, but I think that was a catalyst to my process of surrendering where it was like, God was directly saying, this is what you need to do. And I actually met my husband after I left that trip or on my way back to California. So so many things that can come from surrendering in the moment you're looking at it and you're like, oh, no, I don't think so. No, thank you. But it's more like, let me be obedient. Okay, but help me, help me, please, because yeah. I don't know how to do this. So I think that point was just excellent. And that becomes your altar, Kia. Like that's like your surrender altar of that <laughs> moment in time, that milestone you see throughout the Bible of them coming to an altar and being like, okay, God, you brought me here. Let me bring like a sacrifice. And then, you know, their children coming back to that same altar to remember God in that moment. And so I, I think that that's such, um, that's so amazing. That's so God, that whole surrender thing would have been like, okay, God, you're really just talking through phones. Like watch me, (laughs) um, but you're type a, so you're, of course I'm type a, um, and you're type a too. So I am working through surrendering, but what do you do, um, to be more mindful and intentional when it comes to surrendering, um, like your plans and activities and stuff like that? That is a good question. I am intentional about resting. I used to not be intentional about it, but also I'm type A, but I'm not super like really drawn. I mean, I don't know. It's, it varies, but for me, I've learned to just let things go. I'll have a planner with all these check boxes on it. And for me, I'm just like, okay, it's okay if this has to go to another day because I'm tired or I don't want to do it. So it's being intentional about rest, but also my husband helps me with that because he'll say, you need to eat, take a break from your computer because I will literally start to feel it in my eyes. So it's intentionality for me, being intentional about it, making sure I'm not getting to a place of perfection that I'm not progressing And also realizing to give myself grace, like I can't do everything. I try to, like I did at the conference, but (laughs) I, I don't need to do it and I shouldn't be doing it that way. So let me take a step back and realize what God is trying to do in the time that is now. Last year, I spent a lot of time trying to pursue business opportunities and thinking, oh, if I market more, then this means more clientele. And 
no, that's not what it is. So for me, this year, I would say the beginning of this year, maybe the end of last year, I was like, I, I want to partner with you for my business also. And I said, I don't know if I've said this already, but I want to partner with you with my business because everything I've been trying to do is not working out. So give me the insight for what I should be doing and then learning along the way and then valuing myself and being forgiving also of myself and others. And there's a, like, there's a certain level of like being humble with that. Cause I'm, I'm learning the process of surrendering. I not where you're at yet. Um, but we're in a process of like, just working on like, I haven't gotten up off the computer and doing the breaks the way that I need to. They're built into my, (laughs) they're built into my schedule to get up, but they don't ever happen, but it's, it's so hard to do it. And I love that you were like, not so much that you're being perfect, not to progress or what, what you had mentioned. And I'm like, that's deep. That's like, I might have to steal that because it's like, where are you, are you trying to be so perfect that you don't progress forward in the process that God is like, you know, going and who am I to be perfect? But you know, that's a whole, whole other thing, but yeah, surrender is hard. I think there's, there's seasons of surrendering too. God will ask you to surrender one thing and one, and then they'll ask you for your child back uh, <laughs> and another. Yeah. I mean, that's, we can, can dive deep on that probably in another <laughs> conversation about surrendering, I, but it's, it's tough. I remember I was, I was speaking with someone or at least listening to someone speak. And they said, well, when it comes to surrendering, it's tough when it comes to not being able to see the being you're supposed to surrender mm. to. So, but then also I think it comes with our personality types. So if you have a lot of pride or you don't necessarily take constructive criticism well, then the idea of surrendering can be like, you're going to have a lot of pushback for that because you, maybe you don't want to be told what to do or things like that. So I, I just... Yeah, it's a process. And we can also ask God, how can I work through this? How can I make this process? Can you lighten my heart in this space so I can surrender in a way that you want me to or help me learn about how to surrender? And then, of course, when you make those kinds of requests and the things that help you grow are going to start coming. And then, oh, I wonder why this new opportunity came up but I feel that's not for me, but let me see. So we have to expect the temptations to come and for different situations to be tested for us to get to a place of continuous surrender. So if we think about how the world functions and how we are wanting to pay our bills and cover things financially and take care of our households, So there's often this value of money before God, or, well, let me, I don't have time to go to church. I'm working on Sundays, so I have to go to work. So I can't, I can't go or just putting it on the lower end of to-do list because we just have to pursue, or we believe we have to pursue this money and this finances. So how do we believe and assign value to money, but not God? This is the question. 
<laughs> this is the question. Uh, you know, money, it money, it looks, I think it looks differently for everyone, right? Some people they're, uh, they might not assign a high value to money. So whatever your money is, um, whatever you consider to be like a capital gain or something that you hold high on a, on a pedestal b- uh, before God that you assign value to, but even the concept of money is like a made up concept. Like we all agree that money has value. This is why money has value. If we were decide tomorrow that rocks had the same type of value, everyone would be like going around the world and, uh, trying to collect all the rocks, but that's neither here or there. Um, I think that uh, assigning, uh, it's a hard, I don't know. It's a hard concept for me to like think through and to like finite as far as like, why do we choose money over God? Why do we, and the only thing I can think of is like, it's part of the broken world. It's like part of the game of earth. Like that's a terrible way of putting it, but like, this is, this is the game that's on earth. It's like, we're playing monopoly or something like that. And this is the, the devil's playground and money has become such a thing. And so integrated in our minds that we fall in victim. And I fall victim sometimes too, of like trying to get the money, trying to get the bread, trying to like go after partnerships or businesses. And it might not be money, but you're chasing after it in a, in a, you know, certain light where I've done the same with clients. I'm like, Oh, I don't need the money, but I need like a hundred clients this year. And it's like, but why, like, why do you want to do that? Like, are those your God given assignments? And I think that we become so confused. I think that money's okay. As long as you put it in the right container, you put it in the right vessel. So uh, I think just over the last couple of years, I've just been holding space for God, like, great God, like, let me make sure that I'm giving what you asked me to give. And it doesn't always have to be tithing. God gives me many opportunities throughout the year to just give to people randomly. And now that I know people, I will just randomly send people gifts. I don't expect anything. God has allowed me to uh, relish and be happy and just blessing people. Um, But yeah, I mean, money over God, like, I don't know why people choose. It's tempting. It's tempting because you can see it. That's what it is. You can see money. You can't see God. So if you could see God, would you, would you have a higher value? Like if we could see him, like he is in revelation or like just a snippet of what Moses saw when he was in the crevice, um, would we like, oh my gosh, like literally he is, he is everything. That's a good question. I think a lot of the money, money is equated to success. So they, people will believe if I have more money, that means I'm successful. I can do more things. I think about Mother Teresa, I believe a lot of her quotes and then her lifestyle was just giving and she just give to the point where she was living off of just a a small piece of what her income was. And thinking about also the scripture about leaving your family and cleaving to me. If God asked me to do that, I'm speaking plainly, I would be like, I don't know about that one that goes back to surrendering, but can we get to that point of, of leaving what this world has to offer, whether it's money numbers and pursuing God in a way that's going to highlight him so that we don't even need to worry about the things of the world. 
but it's 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 tough to not pursue the aspects of money to say well I'm going to do this all the way even when it comes to full-time ministry that's it's it's rough to walk blindly to only lean on God in those situations but I think and this is what I've heard is that when you good you put God first the money the resources everything comes to you and it's not always going to be at the time that you need it but it's it'll be at the time that God wants you to have it and he believes you're prepared to receive it. So, so what happens in those tough situations where you're needing something, you're saying, God, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, but I don't feel like receiving anything in order to sustain what I have. I want to do more for people, but in order to do that, I need to have the income to do it, the resources. So how do we navigate that situation where we feel like we're giving, but we're not receiving a lot? I also think it's like going back to what we talked about earlier. It's like that I, we we have an experience with money, right? So our experience with God, or with money is how we operate and whether you had a really good experience growing up and you were affluent or you didn't have too much. That's how you walk with money. That's how you walk with God. And some people that are, are in lower circumstances, at least here in the United States, um, I, uh, I think that you, you have that experience, you have that, you, you know, you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to like, huh, like, is, is God more than this? Or am I, because I grew up poor, I don't have the same financial um, advantages as other people that are in other spaces. And so I think that, you know, that can also, but then I know that there's people that are you know, super Baptist, super saints and people that are like, you know, the grandmothers that I don't even know if our generation will ever get again of people just making it work off of just a dollar a week and just still believing in God till the bitter end. And those are our grandmothers. Those are our great grandfathers and stuff that still had the faith to believe knowing that their blessing was down the way it didn't have to be with them. They had enough encouragement to be like, as long as my generation, as long as it's still in the same bloodline, like that's fine. Um, and I think that we've just become maybe a little bit more self-centered, um, with technology and with advancements. And we've just begun like, God, I gave, I gave this a month, a month, this amount, and I didn't receive anything, or I didn't hear from you, or I didn't see you, or you didn't give me purpose. Um, and all those I would say are like very self-centered in a sense. Um, I, Ooh, I'm going to be basic, honest, plain. I stopped expecting things from God. So I give regularly, have been. My mom will tell you the story. I've been giving since I was probably two or three. And I used to collect pennies in a little um, Ziploc bag. And then when the tithing plate would come around, I would drop it in there. And my mom's like, where'd you get the money from? And I'm like, I just was like <laughs> tithing off of, I don't know, whatever I had at that time. So I've been tight, but I've like learned to stop expecting, which in my type A-ness and humanness that has helped me. Cause I'm like, I don't expect anything from God. Like I woke up this morning. Great. And people are like, that just sounds, do you know how many people that did not make it this morning, did not wake up this morning. And so I'm just considered like favored. And then anything else is just a plus plus. It's like, it's like getting a refund tax that you didn't expect that you were going to get from the IRS. And you're like, what? I had money coming back to me this year. 
And that's how I go into it. I go into each year, like not expecting much. Yes. I present my requests and my petitions to God. And I'm like, Hey, this is, this is what I love. And this is what I want. And anything that he makes happens. I know usually that's when an alignment in a step, but anything that doesn't come, I'm like, okay, God, it's not this season. And then there's things I forget. And I'm like, dang, I did pray for that for three years ago. And I was like, I guess the season's now, and now I don't even want it, which is different because it like hits different. You walk differently. Um, and then you don't turn that thing into an idol, which I think is very, um, very something that we need to, to be mindful for. I think, again, I had a friend and, you know, she's, people are wanting husbands or wanting wives or spouses. And I, I feel like God has a season for everything and don't put that spouse above God. So you might be like, oh my goodness, I just want to get married. I just want to, you know, do the whole married thing. Um, even though you've never been married before and <laughs> you're wanting something that you don't know. Um, I am not one of them at the moment, but yeah, you're like getting into this thing where you're putting your marriage or this concept of marriage and this idea above God. So your marriage becomes your money essentially. Yeah. Stop expecting things from God. I think, I think that's a great habit because if I think back to how I met my husband, it was a point where I said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pursue men anymore. I'm, I'm done. And then that's when God stepped in and said, Hey, so airport, here he is. So I think that's a good habit to have not expecting. And it's a good reminder for me not to expect things from God, but also a little bit of expectation, like you said, with the petitions, knowing that God has got you. So I think, I think that's a great, a great balance to have in regards to that. I think, I mean, there's, there's a line, right? There's a healthy balance. There's the things that you want. And then there's the things that God says that you are. And I think that you can ask for those things again, but it comes with expectancy, right? Like you're expecting your timetable to come to pass. So even if God says that you're royalty, which we are right, we're Kings and Queens, that doesn't mean it happens today. So that's still a level of expectancy of like, yes, petition. Yes. I am the head and not the tail. I expect this and that great. Check your timeline though. Check your, your, your calendar, because that's an expectancy that you're putting on God. And God didn't promise you that he promised you the blessing, but not your, to your timetable. So for me, I've had to like, let it go. And I know that there's some other people that are out there like, no, you need to expect. Yes. I'm still expecting in God's timing. And I know me and who I am and like, me expecting, I'd be like, and I'm an, I'm literally an on-time person. So I'm like, if you guys are one minute late, I just be like, oh, this date's not happening. I'm going to get up now. That was a sign from God, um, which is terrible, but that's, that's who I am. Um, and I know that about myself. So I'm like, okay, I can't expect anything from God from a timely thing. And when it shows up and it happens, it's on time because he's on on time God. Yeah. That's a good note to have is it's, it's, expectant on God's timetable, not ours. And that, yeah, that's, I was just thinking about different things that I'm expecting and then realizing, well, let me just take my control off of it and let God do what he's going to do when the timing's right, because we may get something and get it now and not be prepared for it and be overwhelmed or not be able to be good stewards of it. And then had we waited it would have been something we can fully transition into, be ready to steward it, and then 
be able to not be overwhelmed. So I think that was an excellent point. Is there anything you want to add to the conversation before we close things out about believing in an invisible God? I would say that I like how Joyce Meyer puts it. She puts it in this and you don't have to follow Joyce Meyer, but I just this little clip and it's always stayed with me of like this idea of like believing in God. And so she says it a little like just kind of like, well, either you can decide to like you can decide to believe in God. But if you decide not to believe in God, like your chances are or your odds are even greater. Right. So it's like this 50 50, like might as well believe in him. If it doesn't work out, then you're going to the same place than if you didn't believe. But now if you do, so it's a weird concept, but I don't know. That was the first thing that popped in my head, not to say that you should just believe in God, but I feel like, you know, if you're going to, if you're believing or in a space that you feel like you felt God or that you've called or been called by God, give God a chance. Uh, I like to give God like a consistent chance. So like not this one day, two day, if you're going to invest in God, go for a whole year, do the whole thing full out, believe in God, go with it, uh, be mindful, do devotions, be in Bible study, be in community, get a new Bible, be focused, do fasting, do praying, write down your prayers, write down the responses. When you get a prayer that's answered, go through the whole shalom, like experience God in a one year period. And then after that, you decide if if you really believe in the God that you say that you believe, because I think that that's how you have to look at it. Um, I don't want to tell you to believe in something that you've never had an experience with. I've done that for so long. And I think that's why my faith was so little at first. And my faith was so like, I couldn't be confident in it because I was, I was uh, borrowing someone else's faith or I was borrowing someone else's ideals about faith. And I couldn't have my own stories. When you have your own stories, it's like, Oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you, I was here and there and God rescued me. It's not like, oh, well, my grandmother's grandmother told me about this God. When you get a chance to walk at it, walk in it live and in color, things hit different. Things change. Like people can't tell you something different. Like I've told you, your faith is resilient. Like there's things about you that you've experienced with God that nobody can tell you anything to say, oh, that's made up. That's just by happenstance. That was a ghost. That was I don't know what, what we're calling, you know, God in these ages, but I know my God um, and I can, you know, you get a chance to start learning who he is and what he sounds like. And he sounds differently to different people. Um, I know, I think I had a friend that asked like, you know, what does God sound to you? Does he sound like he's a male or a female or, you know, whole non-binary or whatnot. And I'm like, I don't hear God in a, in a, um, in a female or a male. He just speaks to me and it just, it, it just is what it is. It must be me in my own head, but, um, there's been so many times God has given me just ideas that I wasn't even mine. And people are like, Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I'm like, my God, literally thank you. Because me by myself, uh, it's a very dangerous place to believe if you don't believe in anything, um, in this time, in this era, in this space. And so I encourage you do it for a year. But if you're going to do it, like do it full out, give God a full try, um, get in communion, uh, get into anything, listen to sermons, listen to podcasts, listen to anything and anything that's God. Make sure you check though. Um, 
everything that you hear against the word of God, I will do that. I tell people, even if you listen to my podcast, I am human. I am on assignment. I do my very best to communicate from God, but I want you guys to, you know, fact check me because I don't always get it right. Um, and I would be silly enough to sit here and be like, I have everything and every word that's come out of my mouth is filled with the Holy spirit and everything. Like, no, I, I don't. Um, I am, but, um, but a man, but a woman, um, and here today and gone tomorrow. So I think that's an excellent challenge. An excellent challenge. Pursue God for a year. Get to know him yourself. Based on your experience, you make your decision. And I think that is awesome because you can hear what God has done in other people's lives, watch what he's done in other people's lives, but it's important for you to experience it as well and not try to put them in a box, how we were talking about before realizing that God can show up in different ways. We just have to have our eyes and ears open to, to see, and it may be simple things. So let's say today you decide to pursue God. And then a month later, you have a simple conversation with someone and they just mention Jesus and then, okay. So realizing that they can, there can be small planters along the way in order to get you to a place that you need to be. And I strongly believe in letting God do what he's going to do versus trying to force things on someone. Even if you're ministering to someone, it shouldn't be forced. It should be something that comes natural, uh, simple conversation. And sometimes it's not even a conversation that has to go on for that. So I think that's a great challenge. Pursue God for a year and get to know him yourself. And I believe that because you are pursuing him in that way, he's absolutely going to meet you wherever you meet him during that process. And he's going to reveal things to you that are going to confirm, but also going to share with you what your true purpose is. So I think there's so much that can come with that. And as I shared with you, my hope is that everyone has a unique encounter with God to the point where it's like, I absolutely know that there is a God and just seeing how powerfully he can move. And he's not just this person in the sky and someone we can't see. It's He's actually there. So that's my hope is that our listeners got something from today and that they can have an encounter with God and have understanding of who he is and meet those people, those connectors along the way to help them in the journey. And like you said, having the discernment to make sure that these are Holy Spirit led individuals. And then also being conscious of the things that we consume so that it's not going to lead us in a way that is not the way that God wants for us. So, well, thank you. How do people stay connected with you, Brittany? Yes, of course. Um, so you guys can find me over on the gram. It's at big, bold faith. Um, and then we also have a website at big, and there's show notes there, all of everything that's happening, um, with the ministry and the assignment that God has given me, but check us out. Um, and yeah, I'm just, Thank you so much for the wonderful conversation. Thank you for inviting me um, into your house, into your home, and just being such um, a host and a servant. Um, very much enjoyed the conversation. 
I enjoyed it as well. So be sure to share this episode with someone you feel that it will be blessed. And we will catch you another episode of And Here We Are. <laughs>